Hey everybody, this is Monique DeLeon, author of Pursuing Purity Under Pressure. And I am here on the Relationships and Revenue Podcast with John Hewlett. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin, as always honored that you have chosen to spend a little bit of your most precious resource, your time with me today. And as you heard in that intro, we have Monique De Leon with Monique. How are you today? Good. Thank you. Well, folks, she told you a little bit about herself. She is the author of the book, Pursuing Purity. Now give me the whole title, Monique. I want to make sure we get it right. Pursuing Purity Under Pressure. Under Pressure. Okay. Now, folks, let me just tell you this about Monique. She is 39 years old. She is not married. She doesn't have kids. And yes, I'm saying this out loud. She's a virgin. That's right. And she's very proud. to. And so a lot of her message revolves around not just the fact that she's a virgin, but it's about staying pure until you get married. Now, it is her belief that the place for that, the place for sex is within the confines. And that is the best place for it. And that's why she's holding out until she gets married. And she takes that same message to others who need to hear it, mostly teenagers, Mm. but not exclusively, not exclusively. Yeah, I definitely Mm. want to get into that a little bit, Monique, because I know she has that same message. She takes it to adults who are single or, like me, single again. So let's jump into that a little bit, Monique. Let's just throw all the other stuff aside and let's just hit it hard. So tell (laughs) us a little bit, why do you feel like this message is so needed I feel like it's needed today because of the very over-sexualized culture that we're in. And I'm starting to see and have even heard uh, young people, like especially young people, you mentioned teenagers, that they didn't even know that abstinence was actually an option for them. Mm -hmm. And those who even felt pressure to have sex when they didn't want to, but they felt like they were supposed to, so they did. And so, and they're actually trying to even get away from teaching abstinence as an option in school, a part of sex education. So it's something that I see and there's so much of it that's so rampant that it really desensitizes, especially the younger people are introduced to sex without even understanding it really. And the the means of it, the why, the emotional things that come along with it. And so it desensitizes them to it. And that is where you get into even when it comes to like pornography and stuff. And um, it's maybe a different topic, but there's a lot of organizations that I follow that have a lot to do with an organization I volunteer with that are anti-human trafficking. And so, and they talk about how, you know, younger and younger kids are getting into porn. And when they get into porn at a younger age, it really desensitizes, especially when it comes to women, seeing women as people, but just as objects. And so it's one of those things where, you know, you could really see it starting to spread more and more. It's like it's heightened right now in our culture, I feel like, when it comes to sexual activity. And so bringing back the place of, you know what, let's wait for this until marriage, I think is necessary in the culture we're living in today. Okay. You know, you mentioned uh, 
human trafficking just a moment mm-hmm. ago. Uh, that's something that's important to me and important to this particular podcast. Uh, earlier this year, I had a guest on Annie Lobert. I don't know. If Annie- oh, I've, I've heard of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Annie uh, started an organization and still runs it. It's called Hookers for Jesus, based out of Las mm-hmm. Vegas. Uh, she was herself trafficked for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so she knows that life real well. And their whole goal is to try and get ladies out of that as mm-hmm. much as possible. And not only just to get them out, but to show them the, as she says it, to show them the love of Jesus in very practical ways, providing a place for them to stay, help them to gain new skills so that they can get jobs and provide for themselves in much better ways. And Mm -hmm. also to help them get the other kinds of help that they need. You know, some of it's physical, some of it's emotional uh, Mm -hmm. and mental help. So yeah, had Annie on, in fact, trying to get her back on again, because January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And so I'm going to try and get her back on again to Kind of an update of what's going on with Hookers for Jesus and Destiny House, which is where the ladies stay. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah, because it's, um, there's other, cause so I'm a chaplain, I'm an ordained chaplain. Mm-hmm. And the direction that I was going with in my chaplaincy was to, uh, once girls get rescued and rehabilitated, to be able to work with them. That's mm-hmm. the direction I was going. So seeing that, I mean, that whole world, there's so many people that are still oblivious to it, but it's just, you know, um, there's an organization called Exodus Cry, and they're really big when it comes to pornography. And so they talk about how that's the starting point. And um, because it's like it no longer satisfies anymore. So you got to go more and more and more. And it, it's the same with anything like boundaries constantly being pushed. And, you know, then you have total just depravity and that crumbles a society when it just when there's no boundaries, there's no structure. And that's why we have them and why they're in place. And so when it comes to sex, it's such a huge thing because it's so addicting for a lot of people. And and then it becomes, they need this, they need more. And that's why they get into child pornography because regular pornography doesn't do that for them anymore. And, and you know, even when it comes to porn, what studies show when you look at, it changes people's brain chemistry and the way that they think. And so that's why having a message of purity and bringing back a message, uh, especially reaching our young people of, waiting that there's nothing wrong with you if you're not having sex it doesn't mean you're awkward or ugly or you know because that's kind of the concept that people have when it comes to someone who's a virgin or who's abstinent that you're ugly you can't get a date you must be overweight you must be socially awkward there's something wrong with you when that's not the case here so i'm just saying that (laughs) i can attest to that but i really want to change people's perspective when it comes to abstinence and virginity, because um, it's not at all what people think or what the movies show. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a really good thing. It's the uh, safest thing to do, actually, <laughs> when it comes to sex. Right. It's just waiting. And, you know, and I always tell people that people think that's such a foreign concept. But just a couple generations ago and everyone prior, this was a normal way of life. Waiting until marriage to have sex was a normal way of life. In every time period in every culture. And so it's like, this is not a foreign concept. This is what people did. They practice discipline and they practice self-control. When we don't teach our young people that, and just not even just young people, but adults, we don't teach them to practice discipline or self-control any longer. And so because of that, you have things that just become rampant and you will see a, a society crumble because of it. So that's why I'm like, this is not a foreign concept. Like your great grandparents and everyone prior, this is what they did. They waited until marriage to have sex. 
That was a normal way of life. So just trying to get people to see these things is what I'm really trying to do. Gotcha. You know, it's interesting that you put it that way about not, it's not just the putting off the sex part. It's kind of like, it's the discipline to wait mm -hmm. so that there is a reward that's going to be worth it. Yeah. Um, you know, in our society today, I don't know that I hear anybody ever talk about waiting for anything. Certainly the advertising mm -hmm. doesn't, doesn't do that. You know, when I see children, I've seen some as young as five with iPhones. First of all, that blows me away for a lot of reasons. What possible use could a five-year-old have for any phone? Let alone an iPhone. What does a 10-year-old even need for it? I'm like, I just, yeah. And it's exactly as what you're saying. Like, it, this, this doesn't just apply to sex because I teach about other things as well. But definitely, this is like my main message. But when it comes to discipline and self-control, that's in any area of life. Exercising. You want to lose weight? Going to take discipline, self-control. You know what I mean? You want to save for buying something big later on it's going to take discipline to not spend all your money it's going to take self-control to not splurge but to save like there's so many areas even when you want to go higher in education you want to go higher in your work like it takes discipline and self-control to study okay to say no to going out or no to doing this because you're in the books and you're studying and you're depriving yourself for a future gain later on and so it applies to every area, but I definitely apply it when it comes especially to sex though. So um, people, you know, learning that you don't have to be a slave to it and you don't have to succumb to just because you have an urge doesn't mean you have to act out on it in that moment. And so, you know what I mean? So that's where I try to really uh, bring that thought process in when it comes to this area. Sure. Okay. So who really is your target? Who are you trying to? So um, I think I have a broad audience, but definitely I would like to speak to younger people when it comes to this, for sure. Uh, teens, young adults. Okay. So we're saying 13 through college? Yeah, you could say that. Now this, based upon an earlier conversation that you and I had, mm -hmm. I, it, it brought up some more thoughts and prompted some questions. So here's one of them. How in the world do you approach this particular subject, this whole idea of abstinence to somebody who used to be married, has kids now, but is no longer married? How do you approach that with somebody like that? I mean, it's still the same concept, though. Um, so uh, when it comes to me speaking, whether I'm at an event speaking or one-on-one -on -one with people, that this still applies because especially when you have kids, though, it's definitely much more delicate. Um, when you're trying to bring someone else into the picture versus you being divorced and no children. But it's still the concept of, you know, this still does apply because I know there's a certain amount of loneliness, you know, for a lot of people that takes place. We're no longer married. that used to be married. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, there's loneliness there. There's desire for the companionship, a desire to feel that again. And so it's the same where... You know, you want to wait. Like I, I've had friends and even relatives who did not date or anything until their kids were older and out of the house mm -hmm. because they did not want to bring, like I said, because it's just, it's really delicate. You have children and you know that personally, you know? Yeah. And so, so when it comes to that, um, that's why I tell them all the more reason for you in this moment to, whether it's focus on your children or focus on getting well yourself, getting right. whole and healed first, right. because you know, that would be much more devastating if you start sleeping around with someone, dating someone, and then three months later, they're out when you aren't even fully heal and whole from the divorce. And so 
you know, it's a, it's a time really to really focus on getting well emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and even when it comes to the children, safeguarding, protecting that. So that's kind of more of how I approach it when it comes to that, because I know it's just much more delicate. True, true. I, I guess really what, what I was wanting to get at from you is someone who is married, has kids, gets divorced, obviously has had sex in order to get the kids, unless the kids are adopted. <laughs> but I would assume if they've been married, they'd have had sex at that time. So with that thought in mind, it's kind of like you've squeezed the toothpaste out of the tube. Uh -huh. That's like, and now all of a sudden you're supposed to shut it off. And like, now I'm not supposed to do that again. I, that's why I was trying to say, how do you approach somebody like that? It's like, I've experienced that. I know what that's like. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden I'm supposed to pretend like I don't know what that's like. No, it's not that you don't pretend. And I've had many conversations with, with a lot of friends who are divorced uh, about this and they are uh, choosing to be abstinent and waiting until they get, you know, remarried again, mm -hmm. even. And, um, and they said, yes, it definitely is something that is a struggle. It, it is a struggle for some people more than others. Um, but that the struggle is there because they know and they know that they are just very careful and they're very cautious and conscious of the decisions that they make when they're in a dating relationship with someone that exercising that self-control, try to find other outlets, um, when it comes to that, uh, recognizing that that desire is still there, which is a good thing, which is a, a God given thing that has been put within us, recognizing that the desire is still there and that's good but it's not for yet. And so that is what discipline and self-control where it really comes in and that, yes, it is a challenge, but for those who believe in God and have a relationship with God, this is where they, you know, they, they call on him for help in this area and which he does. And so definitely trying to find an outlet. Like I know a lot of men, that's why they say they hit the gym because <laughs> that helps to release. Uh, <laughs> I know lots of men that they, if this is why they work out. This is why they've found a hobby or something that has an outlet for themselves. It's a different outlet. That's for sure. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> okay. Now the book, how long ago did the book come out? Last year, one year ago. And typically that's is that something you just bring along with you to speaking engagements as a selling point mm -hmm. or is it do you get into speaking engagements because of the book or where you already have those and that's just something you have along with you to kind of like hey i know what i'm talking about i have a book kind of. um no both i mean typically if i've received invitations because of it but i also sing and do praise and worship so a lot of my invitations come from that as well mm -hmm. so and then it's so the book is just something that i bring along that if people are interested in that who a lot of people know me as just worshiping and singing. So they don't even know me as that. So I have something. And then from the book, though, people who have discovered it, uh, yes, I have invitations to come because of it. So. Okay. Okay. The, um, now, do you have one particular style that you sing in? Or do you do, you do multiple types of music? Um, I do a mix of like contemporary slash pop. That's kind of my style. Um, maybe a little bit of gospel, but typically like contemporary slash pop. Okay. Do you have any original music? I do. So I have, uh, an EP. EP is like a, a mini album, it's like a baby album. It's four songs okay. and they're all originals. And yeah, so you can find that on iTunes, Google play, uh, yeah. Amazon, my website, whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, you know, before this is done, I might have to get you to. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> ah. 
Oh, jeez. Hey, I I had a guest recently who did a rap for me. So not planned. Not planned. Not planned either. So it actually was really good. So. All right. So this message that you're trying to get out there, how are you doing that? How let's let's talk since this particular podcast, uh, we talk about both relationships and revenue. So we do talk about business side of things. So what type of of marketing? How are you getting your message? Um, a lot of people have found me through social media and that's kind of been the main thing. Um, I do have I'm going in January to um, Texas to do a television interview for a Christian network out there in regards mm-hmm. to this topic. And then I'm having one with Canada as well, a Christian network out in Canada. Okay. So, and I believe those will definitely open up more doors. Um, and then next week I do a photo shoot for a magazine, an online publication that will come out in December. And it's, and it'll be like a, a five page spread that's going to be interviewing me and stuff, particularly on this topic. So, um, so yeah. So just different ways, but mostly it's been through social media that uh, people have found or invited me to come. Um, that's kind of right now, but I just think after those things, that more doors and opportunity will open. Gotcha. So are you able to travel right now to get your message out or are you doing most of it uh, virtually? Most of it has been virtually, but um, stuff is coming up that uh, I'm totally open to travel and available. And willing, so um, so that's why I go to Texas in uh, January, right at the beginning of January, the New Year's. Okay. So most of it has been virtually, but definitely um, opening up. I've had some other invitations for international to go to England, but yeah, they had been pretty much closed. So I'll be going next year to um, do like a UK speaking tour, is what someone's going to set up. So um, gotcha. yeah, I like okay. that. All right. Well, let me ask a little bit harder question. How do you? approach or how do you deal with someone who says come on you're 39 years there is no way that someone who's 39 could possibly still be a virgin how is that possible (laughs) how do you you deal with that when people are like they don't believe you yeah i've had some who yeah don't believe um do i think i'm a rarity yes um You're hard-pressed to find many 39-year-old, nearing 40-year-old virgins, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so definitely, I think once people get to know me and they see the message and just the things that I do, they're like, oh, okay, I guess it's true. Um, but yeah, you know, I do talk about in the book how, you know, I'm not immune to anything you know, to temptations. And I talk about in the book how there was a time where I almost did have sex and how close I came to it. And, um, you know, I got hormones just like everybody else. And if you touch me just right, I'll go crazy too. Like, see what I mean? Like, I'm completely human. And, you know, so, um, but wisdom says not to even put yourself in that situation. And so um, that I have not uh, since that time. So, um, definitely it, I know it's easier for me because I've never experienced it. Right. Um, but definitely temptation, no one is above temptation. And, um, yeah, so that's why it's something that I'm conscious and definitely careful of when it comes to dating and in relationships. And yeah, some people have a, yeah, have a hard time where they think it's fake or yeah, but, uh, let's 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 chase that rabbit the uh the dating uh-huh 
based upon the person that you and the message that you have, what impact has that had on your dating life? It has been slim pickums. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we gotta know why. Why? So, um, I think some men have seen me as a challenge, and by that, okay. So, and they thought, oh, come on, we'll see how long this lasts, type of a thing. And then when they find out it's really true, you know, they're out. <laughs> and then some, when they know, um, they like don't want anything to do with that. They're like, oh, that's not for me. Yep. And so it's been very, um, then even men I have dated. So I've learned to be very upfront with it. I know there's a lot of people actually whom actually are remaining abstinent and or are virgins, but they are so quiet about it. And I have a girlfriend who is, she's 40, she's a virgin, never been married. Um, and she says for her, that's something very personal that she doesn't share with someone until she gets to know them really well. Oh. Well, I am very upfront about it. And even when I'm done online dating and because I'm like, this is me, this is the really the message of my life and you're going to know. And if that's not good with you, then don't even bother. So I've been very, very upfront about it. And um, yeah, men still like will send me penis pictures and they'll still send me all kinds of stuff. And, um, and I'm like, that's, that's not doing nothing for me. And I don't even know you. I don't know why you would send me a picture. Like, like, so, I mean, I've had, yeah, all kinds of, uh, Christina. <laughs> so obviously I, you know, dated someone and dated men who were remaining asking themselves. So, um, yeah, sometimes that can come hard to come by, unfortunately, especially even being in church and but um yeah so obviously i i want to be with someone who has that same desire and wanting to wait and sees the blessing and the benefit of it and how much sweeter it'll be once marriage comes so right yeah so are you dating somebody now um i was so kind of not really anymore type of a thing so okay. there's no kind come on <laughs> it's a... 40 years old there's no kind of <laughs> If, if you're saying kind of, it means it's on the guy. Something's wrong with him. I can just tell yeah. you now. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not on me. It's on the gentleman. I, so, get, um, I get So we'll I, see. You know, I, I can just, I can tell you having been single again for over 11 years, men or women, there's plenty of psycho. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. We could have an entirely separate <laughs> episode talking about that only. Oh my yes. gosh. And the stories <laughs> you and I could tell. Oh, goodness. And folks, for those of you who obviously were not privy to our earlier conversation, she and I shared some of them. So, <laughs> let me tell you, there's just some crazy people out there pretending to be. Yeah. So if, if I could encourage everyone with this, it would be, first of all, you got to figure out who. That's just a good rule of thumb. If you don't know who you are, there's no way you can know where you're going or what you're. It's just there's no way you can know that. So figure out who you are first. But beyond that. That whole idea of of dating, um, you know, do you have a lot of prerequisite for that outside of the one that you've already mentioned? Um, my main thing is because for me personally, someone who is a Christian, uh, I want a man who is the same and who loves God, have a desire for God mm -hmm. and wants to serve God. So that is definitely um, the main thing. Um, and someone that I can see that what God has put within me to do and what God's put within him to do, that that would coincide. Because I believe personally that as a believer, and I know this, not everyone adheres to this, but just me personally, I feel like 
your marriage really is not for you, but it's for a greater purpose. And so with that, what the gifts and the talents and the calling that's inside that person, I believe it's something that should coincide with you. And so um, that's really what I look for. And even just, you know, asking God, the yes, or is this a no <laughs> type of a thing? So um, that is definitely. And sometimes it's not that easy. Mm -hmm. Meaning when you're asking for the yes or no, you know, you don't always get it. Sometimes it's the, you get to sit with it for a while. <laughs> like, we'll see. Okay. Okay. We'll see. Uh -huh. So I get it. I get that. Um, yeah. You know, and I think I talked to you about this before. When I first became still again, I had a very long list of must-haves. And over time, that list shrunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not very many of those anymore. And it's not because I don't think things are important. There's just, there are some have-to-have things, and then there's an awful lot of nice-to-have things. But the really big list now is the stay-away-from list. That is yes. gigantic. Yes. That is definitely something that I'm talking about in writing my next book is that it, I feel like you learn more of what you don't want versus what you, what you do want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I've uh, talked about how, you know, I, I've dated the workaholic. I don't want that. I've dated the guy who was lazy. I don't want that. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, there's a lot of things that I've learned that I don't want. And that list has gotten bigger. <laughs> so, um, for sure. Yeah. So dated the person who actually doesn't want kids or doesn't want. So it's like, yeah. So there's certain things that, um, mm -hmm, that list bigger. Oh yeah. You know, one of the things that I've discovered is that you talked about being upfront about abstinence and how important that is to you. I have found that there are some things that I say upfront with someone that I'm considering dating. Um, you know, I mean, one of the things that I talk about, I mean, I talk about the fact that I have kids. I talk about the fact that I have two of my kids are, you know, beautiful brown young women who don't look anything like me. Uh, mm. I actually, believe it or not, had a had a woman who decided she didn't want to date me because she found that out. Oh, yeah. Wow. That really happened. Um, wow. So, I, I mean, she clearly did me a favor. I mean, really? Yes. I mean, better time with then than later. So, um, you know, so there's other things that I I put out there to know. It's like, look, you know, I'm interested in marriage, meaning I want to get married again. If all you want is just to date, I'm not the. I have yeah. no interest. Um, yeah. Th that's just. And I mean, I that's just me. You know, and I know that's not for everybody, but that's how I am. That's how I'm wired up, and that's again, that's part of knowing who I am, which yeah. leads me into my why and knowing what I want. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that part of it too, is that, you know, dating just to date, but it's like, it really doesn't, if it's not going to go nowhere, then you know what I mean? Like why even, and I feel like that's kind of just the culture we're in too. It's just date, date, you know, sleep with this person because it feels good and they're cute. And you know what I mean? And like, that's it. There's, there's no substance. There's no, I feel like we have right. lost the depth of what relationships are and the leading into marriage from them. And so and I think that's a part of it. Like you really, you know, like I've had girlfriends that have been in relationships for like six, seven years. And it's like, is that it? You're going to be a girlfriend forever. And then people are like, oh, marriage is just a piece of paper and it means nothing. And I said, uh, money is just a piece of paper. And I still ain't seen the $20 bill in the trash can yet. Okay. So no, it's not just a piece of paper because there's value that has been placed on that money 
just like there's value on marriage. But we have lost that in the culture that we live in. And when it talks about the value of marriage and how amazing and precious that it really is. And so if you place no value on it, then of course you're going to see it like that. Right. And so, you know, I'm like, I'm not just, well, I don't want to be someone's girlfriend forever. Like it just, no. So yeah. And I think that's a part of the culture. There's no value on marriage anymore. True. So yeah, I, I think also age slash experience into that a lot as well. Um, cause I, I know for me when it comes to dating, it doesn't take me very long to be dating someone to know if there's going to be. Yeah. It does not yeah. take me. Yeah. Um, Especially I think the older you get. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I know recently I had a conversation with someone. She had an interest in dating me and I just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see a future with her at all. And it's not because she wasn't a great person. It just wasn't a good fit for me. For you. Yeah. You know, and I just, Hey, you know what? I really enjoy being your friend, but that's about as far as it's going to go. And mm -hmm. she did not take that well. Mm. Did not take See, ugh, that is another thing that I talk about. You're bringing up really great stuff because we haven't been taught that rejection is okay. And, you know, and I've had, I've dated someone before whom, you know, who told me, Monique, you're great, you're beautiful, but you're just not for me. Like, and I was like, okay, okay. Like, sure, I was a little sad, but I didn't take that person. And I think people take it so personal when it comes to relationships and rejection, because when it's really not, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you as an individual. You're just not a good fit for that person. Right. And we haven't learned or we've lost being able to take rejection and, and not get angry or suicidal or because, you know, there's so many teenagers that commit suicide because someone broke up with them. Right. And it's like, no, like you have to learn that that's OK. You know, it rejection is a part of life and just in, you know, in many ways, in many areas. And so. We have stopped teaching people that if someone says, you know, what, I don't want to be with you anymore. Yes, it hurts. And it's true. And those are real feelings, but you will be okay. And okay, that person wasn't for you and you'll be glad later on. And so, you know what I mean? And that's like a part of that people get offended. And, um, you know, it's the same thing. I dated another guy before and after two months, he told me that he prayed about it. And he said, I don't have peace about you. He's like, I think God has someone else for you that I'm not the person for you. Mm. And I said, okay, okay. You know, I didn't get angry. I didn't, you know, but I was yeah. like, okay. And I think that was very well how he did and how he didn't continue leading me on or anything. Right. And learning to accept rejection when it comes to relationships is something that people don't do well anymore, no. uh, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. You know, as you were talking, it, it spurred me to, to think about something that I've been telling my kids for years. And that is, when they got to the point where they were dating. Now, currently, it's only my oldest who's dating. But, you know, something I told him for a long time was the first person you date is not very likely going to be the person you marry. I said, so what you need to do is to treat that young lady as if she's your wife. Not that you get to do things with her. That's not what I meant by that. But what I meant was if you treat her that way, treat her well, then what you're doing is you're preparing her for her eventual husband treated her well because wouldn't you want someone to do that for you with your future wife that has anybody who dates her is treating her well so that she is well prepared for yeah oh good that is that's really good i i've had other <laughs> friends say they told their kids uh there was a couple white shirts there they had four sons and they said if you can't afford 
a girlfriend? Don't have one. <laughs> that was their, they're like, you need to get a job. You need to save money. They're like, if you can't afford to have a girlfriend, don't have one. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> so because they have they're friends. Like, they're like, this is preparing you for marriage. Like, really? And so, um, <laughs> so that was one thing that, yeah. That's a good one. I like that. Uh huh. Good. So before I forget, Monique, if folks want to get in touch with you, what are the best places to find you? So you can go to my website, uh, which is just my name, MoniqueDeLeon.com. And all information, there's videos you can watch of me singing, speaking, uh, all the contact info, the links to the social medias, everything is there. So MoniqueDeLeon.com. And we can find your book there as well? Uh-huh. The book there and also the books on Amazon. So you can find my book on Amazon and the Kindle version as well is on Amazon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're coming close to to wrap up time, but there's a couple of couple of the questions I want to get to before we get to our final four. And the final four are just four quick questions. You're going to tell me the first thing that pops in your head. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we're not there quite yet. <laughs> quite yet. Okay. So on this particular podcast, we emphasize a lot of relationships. And so I want to know what are you doing right now to build into your most significant relationship and how do those impact your business slash calling? My most significant relationships right now. Um, whatever, whatever you deem to be significant. Okay. Uh, for me right now, that would be my family. Okay. If, uh, yeah. So that would be actually my family and um, just the time, just spending the time, the communication with them. Mm. I have a strong family unit already, um, but we actually just got a new baby in our family. Mm. So I feel like that I am actually a great niece, great aunt, excuse me. I have a great niece now. My niece just had a baby. <laughs> so um, she's made me a great auntie. And so, um, yeah, and I think definitely for what the future that I believe God has for me, them to see and get a front row seat of that, um, because it's been something that I feel like has been uh, been long, long time coming, so to speak. And I feel like now is the season where really going to see the fruit of all my labor, so to speak. So just investing in that really um, is, is the family right now. All right. Uh- Next question before we get to our final, how would you define the word success? How would I define success? For me personally, I think success would be doing what I was created and designed to do, fulfilling all of that. That would be success because there are too many people die never doing what they were created to do. Mm-hmm. And so missing out on all those opportunities, those relationships that would have come about for from it. So for me, um, that's what it would be fulfilling the calling that God's placed on my life, but someone who doesn't believe in God, discovering the gifts and the talents that you have and going and running with it and fulfilling it and making a living out of it. That would be success. All right. Well, now we're come to our final four. Again, there were quick questions. You just tell me the very first thing that pops in your head. Okay. Oh, no. All right. Here it is. Why did God create? Uh, I believe he created a Monique. <laughs> Uh, to be a light, to be an example, um, to represent him and to show the love of Jesus through her to people and to use what he's placed within her to minister and to bring hope and encouragement to people, whether it's through music, whether it's speaking, whether it's through writing books. So that is why I believe I'm here. He created me. Okay. Next question. What are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? I am reading The Prayer of Jabez. You've ever read that book? awesome little book. And that is what I'm reading right now. Doing, um, personally, just spending more time in my own Bible, 
and spending more time in prayer. It's what I'm doing to help me grow. Okay. Uh, number three, what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? I am a huge movie buff. So I enjoy movies. I enjoy mini golf. I enjoy, you know, being, uh, playing card games, board games, kind of like my little nerdy side. Um, <laughs> I enjoy amusement parks, um, an array of stuff, actually. Mm -hmm. That would be, there's a lot of things I want to learn. So I am determined in these next couple of years to do a lot of things that I've never learned before. But those are some of the things that I do. All right. This was not part of the list, but it, Based on what you said, it made me think of it. What's the last movie you saw and what is your favorite movie? So I saw Dune. Okay. That was the last. So I just saw that last week. And favorite movie. Oh my gosh, there's way too many. I okay, can't even. Here. Favorite okay, movie and my favorite. favorite then favorite Christmas movie. So we'll make two, okay. two categories. Uh, favorite movie. One of them, which a lot of people have not seen it, but it's like one of the most hilarious movies. Galaxy Quest. Oh, I've seen it. Tim Allen. That is yeah. one of my. Absolute favorite movies. Gorney Weaver. Yeah. Uh huh. So that is one of my favorite movies. Okay. And one of my favorite Christmas movies is The Family Man with Nicolas Cage and Taylor okay. Leone. So those would be mine. Yeah. Very cool. All right. And question four What are you most grateful for? I'm most grateful for my mom. Um, she is um, a single mom. I was raised by a single mom of five, me being the youngest. And I am just so grateful to God. I, I honestly thank him for allowing me to be born to her because um, she's just been such a pillar and she's just solid, solid woman filled with wisdom and gentleness and love and um, has really taught me about God and started putting the things of God into me since I was a little girl, teaching me to develop my own relationship with God. And I am just so, so grateful for my mama. She really is like my best friend. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Well, thank you for sharing those with us. And thank you for being here. Mom. Thank really you. Enjoyed, enjoyed having you here and for you to be able to share your unique and important message with thank you. at least this particular. Yes, much appreciated. Thank you. And it's a little bit of a different uh, message, but um, I do think it's important. Yeah. Well, that is not hard to tell. <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks again, Monique, for being here. Thank you for those of you who have tuned in either to listen and or watch. Again, I am always grateful that you choose to spend some of your most precious resource and that is your time with me. So thanks again hey. for being here, and we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlett. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.